Coming up, we're going to be talking about Alice Through the Looking Glass, and we have some surprising things to say about it on this episode of DizPop. DizPop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Rhino Clavin, joined for this movie review by the one and only Craig Williams. Hola. Yes. Spanish today, are we? Yes. I mean, if I could think of uh, the Underlandian translation for hello, I would say that, but... Uh, there's, I don't, I don't believe there is one out there. I don't mm. know. We could but just make up a word and string vowels and sounds together. But that would be impossible. But then again, I do do at least six impossible things before breakfast every day. Oh, I see how you brought it around. That was, you went there. It's really trying. That's, um, well, let's get into it. We both saw Alice in Wonderland, excuse me, Alice Through the Looking Glass over this past Memorial Day weekend. The review is, uh, just a few days late just because, well, I really dragged my feet on seeing it, but also um, I was covering Megacon all week, and you can tune into our episode this week to check that out if you are interested. But Alice Through the Looking Glass, did you see it in 3D? Of course, yes. yes. Uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass uh, was absolutely meant to be seen in 3D the same way that 100% agree. Uh, Alice in Wonderland was meant to be seen in 3D. Uh, in fact, I think for this one around... I want to say that it opened in more 3D theaters than it did 2D theaters, which uh, that that says a lot on how much you're supposed to see this in 3D. And well, another little interesting thing talking about how it opened in theaters. This movie was the movie in IMAX, so this is the movie is the reason why X Men did not open in an IMAX theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I, I guess things. We, we really should say before because it's not a, it's not a surprise anymore. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Gosh, garbage. we're going to really struggle in saying this. Oh, yeah, Alice in Wonderland garbage. Good good segue to make up for the fact that I'm just going to call it Looking Glass from now on. I'm going to shorten it to LG. Can we uh, like can we all agree? Well, no, I'll, I'll actually say Looking Glass, but okay. uh, we'll call the first one Wonderland. And we'll call this one Looking Glass. And this one Looking Glass. Okay. I can deal looking with that. Looking Glass was a critical... And financial bomb. Yeah, this past it's, a, weekend. it's a big. Um, it's it's they're comparing it on the level of John Carter and Mars and Lone Ranger. It's going into that thing, that uh, category of films. I believe. Um, did it, it didn't even come near to what they expected. I think they no, projected no. somewhere between fifty to sixty, and I want to say it was maybe in the thirties. Yeah, it uh, it its four day total was thirty four million one hundred seventy four thousand. So that's including compared, Monday, right? Compared, yes, uh, Memorial On a holiday Day weekend, yeah, yeah, Memorial Day weekend thrown in there. What did uh, X Men have? X Men had eighty million. Yeah, yeah, and so just to put that in perspective with Wonderland, that made one hundred twenty five million over uh, the four day Memorial Jeez. Day weekend, and then I even. Uh, just to put it in that comparison of Disney bombs, I believe even Tomorrowland made either forty-one or forty-two million dollars. Yeah, so that shows you how much of a bomb this movie was because the budget wasn't anything small. I mean, this it was, was one hundred seventy million. Yeah, I was going to say I know it was close to two hundred, like up there. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, the marketing, they kind of pushed this one fairly heavy in the marketing area, I feel like. Yeah, I felt like that too. I didn't think that this movie didn't have a presence on social media, on uh, TV, in uh, movies, going to see the in trailers. I thought this had a, a significant uh, coverage all around. But actually, uh, I did post an, an article on the Diz, WDWinfo.com, that goes over my thoughts on the movie for anyone uh, out there who wants to go and read it. It might cover things that we don't get to in this one. Yes. Uh, a lot of the comments that people posted on Facebook in regards to this is that they didn't see very much marketing out there for it, which interesting. I feel I, maybe the that's just Maybe we're more in tune to that, though, too. I always try to rem- like think we're more in tune with movie marketing than the average person. Yeah. That- also, we did get the, our first glimpse of this at D23, so maybe it's just been in the radar since then. Well, also, we do live in Central Florida, and that's, yeah, that's uh, Disney knows that there are clearly Disney fans in the Central Florida area, so... Uh, Typically, we we see a lot of coverage on Disney all the time, uh, especially their movies, theme parks. We get everything. the theme park commercials all the t- yeah, like we get we get those commercials that nobody gets anywhere else for some reason because we don't need them here. Everybody yeah. else needs them everywhere else. They have like an inverted marketing scheme. Oh no, I re- I remember being in Pennsylvania, and every time you would get that rare Disney World commercial, yeah. you'd be like, oh my gosh, can we go? On my Hulu, it's a commercial every. It's always like yeah. the people with the balloons, and I'm like, oh god, I'm right down the street. Come on, Hulu. Yeah. So it, it was a critical bomb financial bomb you heard us talk about the last time we did an audio only review about how much we hated wonderland and this movie through the looking glass is a prime example of how a movie studio just looks at a bottom line a lot of the times Mm -hmm. and said wow that made a lot of money we should probably do another one instead of saying wow it made a lot of money but it was zero percent you know you know uh uh like people are walking out of the theater i don't know what it was on rotten tomatoes i think it was low percentage on the the original one wonderland the original one i know this one's sitting at around somewhere between like 28 and 30 i think as of as of when i went to the 29 29 okay um and uh it's just it's just an example of like they should have kind of pulled like did people really need another one they just thought well we'll just it's a cash grab that's what i felt yeah like. not okay. the movie itself though i'm gonna we're gonna get into yeah. that but the I, original one was uh of course, the site's not loading for some reason. Well, the format, it's not. It looks around. Uh, critics gave it 52 audiences. I believe they were around like 56. Wow. So. Yeah, so clearly nobody liked it. I, I can understand when it's like a Transformers movie that critics are giving it like a 20%, but audiences are liking it at like an 80%. That's a movie that you say, okay, well, I made a movie and the audience is enjoying it, so we're going to make another one It made a lot of money. That makes sense. But when your audience is saying 50% of them enjoyed it, you know, you have to look at just say like, all right, well, we we lucked out in that bomb that we made, but instead Disney was like, you know what? Let's blow all that money we made from that original movie and just try and do another one, and no one will go see this one. But but let's let's talk about the um, the actual movie itself here. So this this the this, plot you might say yes yes I believe this one picks up um, two years I think it's three years three years it's, I, I remember it was it's less than the distance of the movies i want to say it's three yeah because alice was supposed to be back like a year previous to when she shows up but it, yeah. it picks up kind of actually where you would expect it because the end of wonderland has her leaving on the wonder to go sailing to china and this one has her kind of 
outrunning some pirates. Um, yes, doing impossible things. Yes, yes. Won't say yeah. what happens though. So it do, it does open with quite a ridiculous uh, opening scene, which, yeah. as ridiculous as it was, I still think it was a scene better than any scene in Alice in Wonderland. Yes, but however, I have to say, in that first uh, the first five minutes. That just made me be like, oh, God, here we right. go. Right, yeah, this exactly. Is going because to be bad. I, I'm going to talk about what the scene is. Like, I will stay away from major, major spoilers in this. But so the opening scene, like I said, is she's on the run in her ship away from these other, these other pirate ships. And she sees this small, small, like they're surrounded by uh, land kind of all around them, uh, like rocks jutting out of the water. And she sees this very narrow pathway. And somehow... I don't know. I'm assuming Alice can see through the, the 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 water that is just churning like crazy because it's a storm, and she's able to get the boat to basically go sideways, almost capsize, and it slides under the rocks. And that'd be fine, fine and dandy, except for how did she know that there were rocks? Like they were, it just it's nonsensical. I'm gonna go ahead and chalk it up to maybe people who were captains had instruments and stuff to figure out what the depth of water was uh i tried watching master and commander far side of the world once in my life and oh, i could not sing through it the other day yeah uh <laughs> i i couldn't make it through that movie uh so um yeah i'm sure captains have a way of knowing these things i'll i'll say that because uh it, you know, I, I want to give this movie a little bit of credit because there aren't a lot of people out there who are giving it any bit of credit, no, and, and, and we disagree with that. Yeah, and that's there's your surprise right there. Like I, I was, I was afraid. I went to go see it by myself Monday morning, and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how I'm not going to walk out of the theater. I don't know how I'm gonna, not going to fall asleep. And my reaction by the end of this movie, I, I actually was fine. Like I, I, you know. I said that I hope never that my eyes will never gaze upon the garbage that is Wonderland ever again. That one, this one, I left thinking, I don't know if it was on, I'd, I might watch it again. Yeah, uh, I kind of summarized my thoughts on it. Not to, I know we're still on the plot and what the plot is, but I, while I don't think this is a necessarily must see in theater movie, if this was something that you came across on Netflix. Whenever yeah, yeah. it is out, I would absolutely if, if, say if, take the time to watch it. If I was it. babysitting or my nephews or something, and they said, hey, can we watch this? I'd say, yeah. yeah. And I'd sit down, and we'd make snacks, and I'd watch it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But it's not it's not a movie I'm going to go out and buy or anything like that. But So the plot is Alice is coming back to uh, England after being away for th- – I'm assuming she was away the whole time or just on another voyage. But yeah. anyway, it, it picks up with her in business, and, and she comes back, and the mother has done some sort of – I don't know. Yeah, basically, so, this movie says Alice's mother's horrible finances. Kind of, yeah. So Lord Ascot, the uh, the person who funded Alice to go out to China at the end of the first one, uh, the one the, who the, had the big party. His son was Hamish. Yeah, Hamish, the one his that they wanted Alice to marry into, and she rejected him. Well, Lord Ascot has passed away, and Hamish has inherited the company from his father, and they don't go into the details on what actually happened, but basically uh, it got, Alice's mother got put into a position where if they wanted to keep, if she wanted to keep, keep the her boat. house, yeah. then she would have to give up the boat, Alice would have to give up the boat, the as, wonder, yeah. as well as step down from being a captain of it and go Become and be a clerk, a clerk yeah. at uh, Hamish's uh, trading company, and if they wanted to keep the ship, then they lose the house. So your classic, what are we going to do? Yeah, and so Alice is upset at the mother because of things that, you know, so they never, it's like what Craig said, they never really get into this because it's kind of like the mother says she's done everything she can to like help Alice. So you're kind of like, well, 
You did also just sign away all of her stuff that belonged to her while she was at sea making money for you. So are you a terrible mother? Yeah, Alice is put in a really tough position. It's do you put family first or do you put... uh, or do you put yourself first? And that's the theme that is carried out through this movie because, you know, it's they she confronts Hamish about this at a party yeah. because she's she thinks she's going in to talk about her next grand adventures. And, and he's he's saying we're shutting it down. We're yeah. not doing any more voyages. And she's got a new idea that it, she's like we're going to go I'm going to this this scene in particular at the party um, is kind of where I was like, oh, maybe I am in for something different. I'm going to say immediately that Mia Wachowski or Mia. Mia Wachowski. Yeah, sorry. I always call her Wachowski and that is not her name. But her acting in this movie, my number one, not number one complaint, but one of my big complaints about the last one is that it was very flat in this movie. I actually thought she was very good. Um, No, she was. She definitely showed that she has learned acting skills since it. I'll even say that I didn't need the party to see that you saw it immediately on no the but boat. the party for me was yes you saw it on the boat right away you see it immediately with her the party for me was where i realized the color palette in this movie was different too because yes. i found when she goes to the party in the first movie everybody's very gray very like drained Drab. colors this one was like they were all wearing black suits and alice was very colorful because she's got that chinese um outfit that she's gotten from mm, yes. somebody over there in china um, it's what they wear at all the parties yeah and so you know of course that's her big like alice is this crazy crazy girl wearing these crazy colorful clothes and everyone's very shocked by her attitude but but I liked I liked it because I thought that's kind of the way this first movie should have taken it was like it could be colorful but not offensive at the yeah. same time like I'm not I'm not saying that this one isn't sometimes offensive but this one was streamlined yeah I mean that, that's where you're gonna come into that issue with Tim Burton's color palette versus uh, director James Bobbin's color palette that he chose to go with on looking glass uh, but We'll get into that, I'm sure, yeah. in just a little bit here. So, so where I, where you say that you started to see signs of hope that maybe this is different, this is where I got scared because it was essentially the same setup in the last one. It but was, yeah. Now, I, I get that. If they were to make another one past this one, which I highly doubt considering how awful it's doing, yeah. I would assume that it would start out the same way too because it's setting up – this is what the issue here is, and how is Wonderland going? Yeah, sorry, not Wonderland, Underland, Underland going to fix the situation in the real world for Alice. So it's that whole so, lesson, which now I feel daft for not picking up on that sooner. But um, you didn't pick didn't. up on that when you were watching it. No. Nah, oh, because nah. well, okay. So my thing. So we all know from the previews that time is the main protagonist in the film, and um, so I'm looking for any like overly exaggerated. Well, be lines the antagonist. of time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. The I the wrong way. Yeah. Um, and one of the things they say when Alice first gets back from her journey, when she's talking to the mother, is the mother said something about time, and then Alice said, "Well, time is a thief. He's a he steals in the night, or something like that." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, so so I immediately I'm like, okay." And they're going to personify this in the next world, and that's why. I, but in a way where I wasn't, it wasn't. It was almost like, uh, too much. But then at the same time, I was like, no, I can see where they're going. I appreciate what they're doing this time. And I shouldn't say that I totally didn't pick up on it because I even said in our Wonderland review that I understood that, like, all the characters. It was the Wizard of Oz effect. It was, yeah, that same thing. So it's just another case of this where they set it up um, so that everything in Underland teaches a lesson. So uh, Alice 
is at the party, realizes that she sees the caterpillar who is now transformed into a butterfly. butterfly. Aslan, or something? of course, it by it's like Absmatch. Absalom. Yeah, Aslan is the lion from yeah. uh, Chronicles of Narnia. And so she sees Absalom, the butterfly. Voiced by the one and only Alan Rickman. Uh, She sees him at the party, and he goes into one of the rooms inside the mansion and goes through a looking glass or a mirror for the rest of the world out there. This is immediately where I started thinking... What's going on on Hamish's property that he has both the the hole to Wonderland (laughs) and the mirror to Wonderland? Because I was like, Alice should somehow steal this house from him. And let's be perfectly frank. Through the Looking Glass has nothing to do with the book Alice Through the Looking Glass. They just use the title. With the yeah. exception of she goes through a glass instead of down the rabbit's hole. Um, that is it. And this um, this was an original idea, right? Mm-hmm. She never, she ne- none, of, none of her adventures she encountered time, I don't think. I think he's a new character. But so she goes through. She falls. You know, she's got a similar setup when she's in the first room. Something doesn't. It's the Humpty Dumpty on yeah, the Yeah, she's small, the room's giant, which I believe that actually is how she goes through the glass in Alice Through the Looking Glass, but that is the only scene that has any relation to the yes. film, because yes. the, the chessboard scene is in mm-hmm. is in Through the Looking Glass. But um, yeah, she meets Humpty Dumpty, and it's it kind of, I'll say the pacing of this movie is much better, too. Yes, it absolutely. moves and moves and moves and moves. And so she gets out of that room, and she falls into Underland. She finally makes her final tumble in, because you always have to go through a, a, a room of... Ch- Almost like a room of challenges, yes. I guess. Yes. And so she falls literally right into the meeting where the the White Queen and uh, yes falls the, from the air. You've seen it in the previews, yeah. and uh, the the White Queen and the Tweedles, the the, uh, the March Hare, the Tweedles, the, dog. the Dormouse, the the dog. The Dormouse. The Dormouse. The Dormouse. Uh, they're all there at this meeting. Why are they having a meeting? Well, it's because... The uh, Hatter's the matter. The Hatter is the matter. He is sick. Why is he sick? Well, this is where things throw into the family aspect. He uh, he is in Wonderland, and he discovers the first hat that he ever made. And yeah. so that leads him to believe because his father threw away his hat, this hat that he made at one point in time it leads him to believe that his father is still alive. And the fact that no one believes him and thinks it's impossible, that is what is causing Mm -hmm. his ailment. He needs his family to become well again, but no one gives him any credit that this might be true because they were believed to be killed by the Jabberwocky. The Jabba Baby Walkie. Yes, and so this sets up the premise that the only way Alice can truly uncover what is happening with the Hatter and if his family is alive is to by going using uh, time to go back in time using a device called the well, Chronosphere. Hold on, you're going too which, far. So the setup between the, uh, the Hatter and Alice, the big thing is that she she doesn't believe him. Yes. She sa- she, he says, like, uh, you can help me, but because her father's dead. And they never really went... They do bring up the fact that her father's passed away repeatedly, and I thought maybe there was going to be a scene at some point in the movie because this is all about family and being able to change the past and do whatever. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's what it seemed like. But I appreciated that she didn't actually end up meeting her father or anything like that. I'm, so, I'm sorry, spoiler yeah. alert. But like, it's it's she says to the Hatter that would be impossible. So then you're like, oh, and then she's not Alice anymore. Yeah. So she's got to find her Alice, her muchness again. Exactly. So uh, that bridges the gap into where I was. Yeah. None of the other characters could go back in time using the Chronosphere to fix because us all. They all existed in Underland, but because she wasn't there, she can yes. go back. Because you can't. 
you can't see your former self. Yeah, otherwise you, it will destroy time, the time right? continuum yeah. itself. The uh, sea of time. Tip, typical typical uh, time travel stuff here. It's not out of the realm at all. It's, it's what you've seen from every other time travel movie. And uh, so, yeah, she encounters time who does not want her time played by Sasha Baron Cohen in a fantastic role. Yeah, I actually actually thought he was... It's surprising because the previews make him out to be... You don't really get too much from him than a line or two, but yeah. he seems very evil. But his character is almost buffoonish, like evil. But he's. I he, won't he, even say he's evil. He's put in the position where he has to control. He is. He is time. He has to take it very seriously because of what the consequences right. could be. And he's not. He's not. Yeah. And. I don't know, and it was played in an interesting way. Like it was, he was funny. I thought. I, I thought. I mean, I enjoyed the, these stupid little jokes they were doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. And but the fact that they know they're making the puns too because he hates the puns is it's like yeah. funny. I don't. There's a lot of that. Yeah. The main recurring joke yeah. that happens is whenever he's speaking, he just goes on and on and on. But then he'll be like, "I need you to, to be concise." Be concise. Yeah. And then so like Alice will go to speak. Very to the point. I need you to be as quick about this as possible and just keep going on and delaying the whole thing. Yeah. A really basic joke, but it is Sasha Baron Cohen's just whole personality. Uh, if you've seen him in Borat, if you've seen him in any of his other yeah. not great movies. Um, he was good in Hugo. Yeah, it, no, it, he was it, very good in Hugo. Role, this role reminded me a little bit of Hugo, where I, he was like the stiff guy, but had a little bit of a soft... Yeah, if, if you've seen him, you know that he can disappear into the role. What I told Kylie walking out of this is, I even though he was doing like an Austrian-German accent in this yeah. movie and playing this role, I thought he sounded the exact same as him doing a French accent in Talladega Nights. <laughs> it felt like the exact yeah. same character. Yeah. However, I love him in that movie. I I do enjoy Borat, even though it was overdone to our generation over and over again. What's the we other one after that? We won't talk about like Bruno oh, and yeah, Bruno. I was gonna say his other was, Ali yeah. G characters, but Ali G is himself. That's how he broke onto the scene. And I love how this is all connected. I know we are still on the plot. But James Bobbin got his start uh, directing the Ali G show, oh. and sorry, the Ali G show, as well as helping Sasha Baron that, Cohen so create how these came characters. Into this mix because well, Tim Burton and him did. They the also worked Sweeney on Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, yeah. yeah. And so there's that mashup uh, that it came together, and then obviously Bobbin had wild success doing the first Muppets. Yeah, and I think he is underappreciated for the hard work he put into doing Muppets Most Wanted. I still believe that that is just as good as the Muppets. However, a complete different movie that should be looked at as a complete separate well, we, thing. We'll go. We'll do the Muppets. Um, but yeah. So overall, he he has that stronghold now, and then he also the reason he was so good with the Muppets and he got in there is because he directed uh, and helped co-create Flight of the Concords with Brett and Jermaine. And yeah. of course, Brett ended up doing the music for The Muppets. And yeah. that's how it all connects together in this this messed up part. So uh, James Bobbin was really the perfect person to bring in Sasha Baron Cohen for this and direct him because he just, I, I think he is absolutely the funniest thing. It is something the first movie is lacking yeah, humor yeah i i completely agree and i'm gonna say this too since we're on the subject of his appearance in the movie i think his actual like castle and the way they portrayed time with like the the watches and everything i actually 
I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was cool. He's got a bunch of little sidekicks that I actually enjoyed too. Yeah. And I usually like I hated that in the first movie, but they were like balanced just right in this movie that I felt like okay, I get, you know, he's living here. He's living with all these seconds and then when things go wrong, the seconds can join together and Into become minutes. minutes and then, you know, toward they the finale they could become hours and and so I don't there was a lot there was a lot of I'm I'm also think maybe I always enjoy a good time travel, so I think that's what this also appealed to me with. Yeah. And and so the whole idea is that Alice has to get the chronosphere from him, and the chronosphere powers the clock, the 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 clock of time. Time. And um and so Sasha Baron Cohen's time, who his character time is one and the same with the clock. So you take yes. the chronosphere, he the clock will break down and time will fall apart and he'll fall apart and so Alice just takes it anyways and steals yeah. it um, against his cause she, wants because she says I'm going to borrow it and I'll bring it right back and he's like you can't change the past and yes. she doesn't believe him and so she takes it and he goes off after her chases her you can't change the past you can only learn from it yeah. however it's also important that she gets the chronosphere because one other person wants to use the chronosphere oh, yes, to change this. the past and is trying to shack up with time and that of course would be the Red Queen yes and yeah. she yes, yes. Yeah. and she um, she's back she's got uh, some sort of vegetable related uh, aesthetic yeah. with her this time but which was I also found humorous yeah I, I, she I ate my nose yeah. <laughs> I think you look quite good without a nose I think like, you look radishing yeah radishing I mean radishing <laughs> um, so there's you know and again Helena Bonham Carter like I find her incomprehensible in the first one like I just don't understand anything about her in the first one this movie ends up becoming so Alice takes that first step to go backwards and she um kind of is realizing how one event can lead to another event can lead to another event. So she's trying to find that moment where she can change things. Yeah. And the you know if we all remember the the Matt Hatter's family is gone because the Red Queen Jabberwocky um killed them. And yes. so she's got to go back and then you kind of find out what well, we never learned in the first one why why does the Red Queen hate the Hatter and when Alice finds that out she's got to go back and find the moment of when the disagreement between her and the White Queen started and she's got to go back and try that, you know. And so it's kind of like she sees these moments about like these little moments that could just change everything. So you actually learn why Red Queen's got such a big head. Too. Exactly. Long story short, it just fleshes out the characters more. It gives them more yeah. depth. It gives them that personality. Yeah, it gives I really them liked, depth. Uh, and Hathaway, going back by the way, as well. Oh, no. I, too. I thought every person that reprised their role or their voice from the last movie, I thought they were upgraded. They added yeah. a little bit extra to their game. And uh, absolutely, I, I enjoyed finding out why the characters were the way they were in it. I won't say that it's going to make the first movie enjoyable for me because it will not make Wonderland more no, enjoyable. No, it, it won't. No, However, a bit. I do appreciate now. I understand. I'm glad that Bob and I don't know if he did it with the direction of also Tim Burton still being executive producer. If they mm. agreed that this would be how they would handle things. But I did enjoy that they finally we got that resolve in there. And we now know why the Red Queen is the way she is. And it just it, it tied up a lot of the vagueness from the last yeah. one, but in a much brighter and cheerful color palette. And I say concise, so they there was additional characters that weren't in the first one, but they when they were there, they served purposes. Like yeah. the seconds and... Um, well, there, were, there really weren't too many. It was just kind of like those characters and we moved on. Like in... I don't know. And there, there were moments where I was just kind of like, okay, you know, I was... I was into the movie. Like yeah. I was when Alice is trying to get back. So, so the Red Queen, 
you know, there's there's a thing that happens, and there's like a race to save something at one point, and it was a pretty pretty finger finger biting moment. Like oh, the yeah, way they no. did it, I thought was really good. No, it it, uh, it absolutely was. It might be I would consider at points cliche and yeah, how some of the moments then, played out. But then but... I pull myself back and I I think to myself, okay, PG movie, like it's supposed to be. It, it, yeah, I'm not saying that they have to be cliche, but because they're for kids. But sometimes I, I would say like, all right, I understand they're trying to simplify it and go for it. I do, I do I do agree with that. Like, yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. But we we leave you there with in terms of the plot yeah, that I they go back too far. Because long story short, it's about whether or not Alice can change the past, or if she can will somehow she will learn. Will she or will she learn from the past and learn how to alter it in that way? You don't know. Will the Hatter be saved? That so, you will have to see it. Or I, I do have a weird thing though. I wanted to I wanted to bring up. So, the the preview makes you believe like Alice. The movie starts with Alice in the asylum, yes. and that's a midpoint in the movie. And I, what I think is weird is that the, the guy I can't remember his name plays Moriarty on Sherlock. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, he's I love him, and he when he's playing like kind of a crazy doctor, he's literally in the movie for the amount of time he's in the trailer. Yeah, it's literally I a would cameo, say fifteen like, seconds. I'm assuming he must have been friends with Bobbin or somebody involved because yeah. I feel like at this point in his career he's a little more of a caliber actor or maybe like they were going to incorporate him as a underland character i don't know but yeah but he does make a fun little appearance and and i do actually appreciate that it was in and out of underland too i liked that that she yeah. came back to the real world and then went back again that it, it added it added a little bit extra oomph to it yeah. however it could have also cut down on time by removing that element, oh, that was a little punny. But um, oh. run runtime. Uh, the movie was an hour and fifty two minutes. Uh, I didn't want to say at any point in time I felt like it was overly long. I thought it because the pacing yeah. was so great. Again, it James moved from Bob scene to scene is very such well. a good director. I can't wait to see what else he does. Yeah. I know right now he's he's in line to direct MIB twenty three, which oh, I think really? that would is be he? a big yeah, test. Yeah, that would be a good but, one for him. I think because um, he he handles he handles subtle humor very well. Yes, because I would say Sasha Baron Cohen's humor at times in this movie, like his opening entrance, he's, he's walking down the hallway that's shaped like him, but he doesn't fit through it, and he falls down, and he he just kind of under his breath, like stupid me shaped hallway. And, and I thought <laughs> and that I was a really, that. I thought that was a great entrance of that character. Yeah, this uh, it's kind of funny thinking back to whenever we recorded the review for the first uh, Alice Wonderland. Um, we we both said that we hoped it would be better, but yeah. we didn't expect it to, and so like I, that might have been the key moment whenever time was walking down that hallway and he hit yeah. and i just did stupid humor laugh right yeah he just started cracking there was up. another he had another moment i can't remember it right now but he he does have a thing where he kind of goes on and i think it was a scene in the tea party with yeah. johnny depp and they were kind of i don't know there, there there were moments in it where i was like oh these are genuinely good moments i'm gonna say though and this this hurts my heart and i know johnny depp's got a lot going on right now with everything that's happening in the media but I have always been a very big Johnny Depp fan. I think he's a tremendous actor. Um, with anything he does, he commits to a role wholeheartedly. Yeah. I will say that he is the weakest part of this movie. He, he absolutely is. And it's only um, because he's playing that character he already formed from the first one, but I hate the Hatter character. Yeah, one of my favorite websites is the AV Club, uh, yeah. part of the Onion Network. If you don't know what it is, go and check them out. They put a little... I, I like to think I'm very much like them. They are pretty spot on about how I feel about movies, 
and but they just add that little extra side of snark yeah. in with it, uh, especially for their TV reviews too. Very, very thorough. Definitely check them out. But uh, two of their reviewers kind of did a video review back and forth talking about it. And I want to say it was this where I read it and not somewhere else. So if I get my source wrong, I apologize. Uh, but essentially what they said is, and it made perfect sense, is that since about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Johnny Depp, well, actually, since Pirates, that kind of changed it. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is where it really set in stone. Johnny Depp's no longer about being a good actor, being a just really in it. He is now about acting via his makeup and wardrobe. Yeah. And it, I it, totally it's, get that it's now. It's always – it's it's – you know, I, I think that happened in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. It became very prop-oriented because in Once Upon a Time in Mexico, I remember reading this review about how he always carried around different lunchboxes. Yeah. His character, if you like, watch that scene, and he always said he loves weird characters, but that's when he started acting through the stuff. Yes. Like it, yeah, like the, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it's all that white face makeup, and then it's in... Ooh. Yeah, I said white face, I'm sorry. Um, and, uh, and then um, it, it happens again in Dark Shadows. It's all well, like it happens Johnny in Depp. Dark Shadow, Lone Ranger. He just his wants to be a drag portrayal. queen. I think like he just somebody get him on RuPaul's Drag Race and, we'll, yeah. and maybe get it out of his system no, a little bit. Everything because he's a fantastic actor. I haven't seen The Tourist, but apparently he's even guilty of this in The Tourist. Really? I, I, yeah, I don't even know how that's possible. I thought I thought he just played a, a screwed up American who got himself in like a, a sticky situation. Did you see but... that other one about where he's Whitey Bulger? Um, the one that it's in uh, the oh my god, it came out last year. I can't. I really wanted to see it, and they were saying it was going to be an Oscar contender. Um, I don't believe I know what this one is. Yeah, Black Mass. Um, I don't think I even heard of that. What? There was wow. the trailer for it is very intense, but Johnny Depp very. in it. It's the first role where I was like, okay, this makeup is very serving of you look like Whitey Bulger in this preview. Um, and I still haven't seen it. Um, but it got it got good reviews, and they were saying it was going to be uh, nominated for Oscars, and I don't, I don't think it really got nominated for anything. But it, I believe maybe a Golden oh, Globe. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I remember having the dinner, about the now. dinner scene, yeah. and the, the steak, and the guy gives it up, and he says, yeah. you "Just rat it on your family." Like, uh, my bad. I, I absolutely 100 percent know what you're talking about now. But just looking at his last roles, uh, I, I think it's apparent. Even going back uh, to right before this, whenever he did Donald Trump in the uh, oh, funnier God, yeah. Do- yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal, the movie. Yeah. Um, if you have a new Apple TV, you can actually watch that whole movie from the Funny or Die app that you can download from there. So yeah. I recommend it. Um, but clearly, Mordecai. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Into the Woods, short, brief, but his his roles, the wolf in that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Tusk, so I'm sure that was just a cameo more than anything. Transcendence, I don't think anyone cared to see Transcendence. I saw Transcendence in the theater, only because I love Wally Fister's work with... Um, with uh, Christopher Nolan, so I thought the movie looked great, and I loved the idea of the movie. But good lord, it is executed horribly. Yeah, and I'm, it's, it reminds me of the astronaut's wife. If anybody saw that, that is <sighs> that for me was Johnny Depp's worst movie before this. But again, he wasn't bad in it. It was just a bad movie. Yeah, there are there are moments where I feel like he didn't let his costume and wardrobe uh, overtake his roles. Uh, What's I, eating Gilbert Grape? Yeah, well, mm. it's eating Gilbert Grape. I'll even say Public Enemies. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, 
it, while it was it was a little bit disorienting whenever it first came out because it was one of the early not I don't want to say one of the earliest but it was definitely it was definitely close there to whenever they switched over from uh, film to digital so a lot of people found it off putting at first because yeah, it was it very dark yeah. it was very it it just didn't have that same pop um, but I actually really I think that also him followed that up uh, one of the pirates movies too so it was a little yeah. weird to see him go from like the into the adult genre again because that was a that was a michael mann movie yep. i think yep. yeah so though, michael mann makes a very specific type of movie too very he's got a very similar aesthetic i mean i'm not he's does some great movies um but they are very intense yeah so not everything he does he's just disappeared in because of his costume it's all not oh i didn't not even all think Edward like all covered and, up too yeah, yeah it's it's not everything however this is where johnny depp's gotten most of his recognition from him and this didn't become a review on johnny depp's life and i know i'm sorry again we're not going to touch the personal matters that are happening with him with him in the news uh only as far as we know only his lawyers amber heard and him know what's happening yeah mm. it's not our point to comment on it all it is is to say how he did in this movie and he was a weak link in a chain, unfortunately, and, and that could be could could be due to whatever, or it could just be to development. I don't know. I you know, and even then, it's not it's not like it's unwa that's un- the first Alice in Wonderland is unwatchable. This one is definitely watchable, but I I would I would say. I'm not going to recommend it going to the theater unless you are a big fan. I mean, even if you're a big fan of the first one, you're you terrible. Uh, yeah. But like. I mean, I guess see this one, but I don't know that if you're a huge fan of the first one, you'll even like this one because this one is actually a better movie. Yeah, um, this one is, I, I would argue, I don't know what to like really call them because there is that certain group of people out there that are like super obsessed with Alice um, and not, I'm not saying super obsessed with the character, with the movie. Just I'm the talking about the culture. Alice in yes, Wonderland. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. There are I've, people I've out there like that, but. who are like that. And I would say that maybe... Even this is too out of the lore for them to pull in on. I yeah. think this movie is – it's very niche. It's just yeah. – there's a small niche out there that – Even uh, smaller than the first one. So I went like really fancy with niche. Nietzsche. 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 Um, um, but th- it's hard because I – you know, if you haven't already seen it, like there's better movies to see. Like I saw X-Men this weekend the day before because I was like, well, I'm going to see X-Men before I see Alice. I refuse to do that. And I know that hasn't been getting the best reviews, but I'm going to tell you right now um, – I actually really enjoyed the X Men. I mean, it's got it's not without fault, but I I in no way think this is the worst entry in the franchise at all. I think this is is a little more up there. But um, but there's there's movies coming out. I I mean, like I I'm gonna say like The Conjuring two. Now you see me too. The movies I want to see. I'm gonna see Ninja Turtles like a loser, even though it's gonna be terrible. But like Finding Dory's coming out, so it's kind of like I can't. Right, I can't be like go out and see it in the movie theater. Yeah, no, but but you will lose that 3D element that I actually thought was done fairly well in this movie. And this is where I will wrap up my thoughts with it and disagree with you. I thought that again, the thing that really pulled down this movie was the visuals. Yes, it was brighter, it was more friendly, it was definitely done in a better tone. However, to me, I could every second I was watching this in 3D, I was constantly thinking to myself, this is clearly Alice. Uh, the Hatter and someone like uh, Anne Hathaway. Giant in this. green screen. This is 
clearly just people standing in front of a giant green screen. Yeah. It's not, I'm not feeling like these characters are interacting with it, with this environment in this world. And that's the thing about CGI that makes it hit or miss. If it feels like it's overdone and it doesn't blend into the environment well, like it has in, uh, well, we did Civil War. Whenever we reviewed yeah. that, that blended it so well. Of course, you know, flying around in some of this stuff is not real. Yeah. However, it looks real. It feels real. Yeah, th- this, and nothing about this movie looked or felt real. Yeah, for and sure. the characters in 3D, they they just stuck out like a sore thumb. That's why I'm saying maybe skip it in theaters, wait for it to come out as part in September as part of the exclusive deal with Netflix. This movie will be yeah, on Netflix true. there. You can watch it in 2D, which I think at least then that flatness will make it more well-balanced and enjoy it for the humor. That's where this movie thrives. Turn your turn your head off for a while yeah. and just laugh at stupid humor for a little bit yeah and uh enjoy enjoy sasha baron cohen well give me your give me your percentage uh i i'm gonna say and like i hope the people out there who take me somewhat seriously don't take away my uh movie my fake movie reviewer card for this (laughs) but uh i i genuinely liked it i would give it like about well, a fifty-eight percent. Okay, I, so um, my, I was going to say sixty. So I, yeah. I, I mean, I was like, oh, like, but it, I, you know what? If if I it's if I feel like while I'm seeing the movie, I'm like, it wouldn't be like if if I was at somebody's house, they were watching it. It's not a movie where I'd be like, I'm leaving right now. Yeah. Um, and that's how I feel about the first one. Whereas this one, I'd probably sit down and just just suck it up and enjoy watching it again um so that's what i'm gonna say i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna sit in the 60 percent. yeah i would give it i mean i would give it probably around like a seven for the enjoyment i got out of it and i'd give it around a five for how i thought the actual yeah the content and the follow-through was with it um so it's it really is a mixed bag i again i didn't feel cheated out of it whenever i walked out the first thing i said was well you know it's the the movie cost ten dollars for each ticket and then yeah. popcorn. Like I didn't feel like I just wasted the thirty dollars yeah, that I spent I was on it. Say. I and wasn't like upset about the ticket. So that's but that's that. That's uh that's what we thought. Um so you know, if you're gonna see it, check it out, let us know what you thought. Um if you're not you know, we can have this discussion again down the road when it comes out. Like Craig said, the deal with Netflix is is uh, I believe seven to nine months after it appeared in the theater, so that's gonna put it right after Christmas. Um, you'll probably see it on Netflix or so. I think sooner. Sooner, yeah. So 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 uh let us know what you thought and um, yes. I think that'll that'll do it for us in the underland community. Let's let's hope we don't review these for quite some time ever again. Agree. Uh and thanks for listening. Um I don't know what else to... I never know what to say at the end here. I always feel weird. Like like us, give us some feedback. If you want to discuss with us, we've got a Twitter. It's at um, Dizpop Show on Twitter. Yes. Uh, I'm always on there. I've gotten some good recommendations. Let us know what you want to hear. Maybe we could... Because we're going to go back and review back catalog stuff as well. It's not just all about what's in the theater. So until next time... Remember, you can change the past. You can't change, change the, the past. past. You can only learn from it. So learn from our mistakes. (laughs) And don't watch the first Alice in Wonderland. Bye, everybody. 